Welcome to another episode of the Prague Pod. It's just me today. Um, we're going to be reviewing or reflecting upon the Unity Rally that I mentioned in the last episode. I just finished writing down my notes right here of uh, just the things that I want to go over a little bit. So whether you know about the rally or not, everybody, if you're on the internet right now, if you don't live underneath a rock, you kind of know about the crazy things going on in the world right now. Um, anyway, not not just right now, but I'm just going to the background. Um, when I first saw the video of, of the George, George Floyd murder, I I didn't even watch it. I saw the picture on the on the beginning of the screen, and I scrolled right past it on my phone, and I didn't really think about it. I thought it's just like another another one of those things. But after a while, as, as the video kept on gaining momentum and it kept on becoming more viral, I finally watched it. I kind of felt bad for, I mean, skipping over it the first time. But when I first watched that video, um, I don't know how many of you have seen it. You don't want to see it, but I, I'm glad that I did. Because some of those crazy things like that, you have to see to believe in today's world, and that's still happening. And it had a profound effect on me, as I'm sure it does for everybody that watches the video of the George Floyd murder. It tears your heart apart. And um, there were several dinner conversations with my family where we talked about George Floyd and where we talked about the racism still going on in the country. And I just, I was overwhelmed, like I'm sure so many of us are by not only the killing of George Floyd, but Ahmaud Arbery, uh, Breonna Taylor, Elijah McClain, there's just the consistent racism and the consistent hatred still going on in the world today. Um, and it's something that each one of us needs to confront on our own. I remember as I was sort of just dealing with, with processing it all and taking it into my world, there was a night that a bunch of people were over at our house, just like a bunch of friends, a bunch of my siblings' friends, so younger kids, and we were just in the kitchen. There are a bunch of kids running around like crazy, right? And I'm, I'm making peanut butter and jam for the kids. The kids want peanut butter and jam. They're hungry. And it's loud. Everybody's yelling. There's, like, music going and stuff. And my buddy was over. My friend was over, and we were just talking, just having a conversation. And he was like, yo, do you know about, like, the, the riots going on in Minneapolis right now? Have you heard about it? Have you seen it? And I said, yeah, yeah. And he kept on just telling me about it. And he says, honestly, I think it's it's kind of crazy just because a guy got shot. So he thought that the riots were only about Ahmad Arbery. I'll just clarify that part. And so I asked him, I look at him, and I'm do you know why they're doing it? And he's like, yeah, because, because the guy got shot. And I said, no, no, that's not, that's not the thing spurring these riots. He didn't know anything about George Floyd. He hadn't seen the video. He hadn't heard about it yet to this point. This was maybe maybe a week after it happened, but before it had really gained momentum to where the, the point where everybody knew what was up. And sitting there in my kitchen, there are kids all around. And I realized that I can't even say what happened this man. I can't even say what was done to him because I'm in the presence of my younger siblings and other people's younger siblings. Because I'm in the presence of kids, I can't, it's, it's unspeakable. I can't even say what happened to him. 
and I just break at that point. Like I'm, I'm making peanut butter and jam, and I just start sobbing, dude. And I'm uncontrollable. Like I can't breathe. But I couldn't even say what had happened to George Floyd, and I was experiencing all of it right then, just like hit me. And I had seen somebody in this free country be murdered like that without resisting. And my buddy, he asked the kids to leave. So they went they went and left the kitchen. And I just sobbing, broken down. I cry on my brother's shoulder. And I'm so glad he was there. He just, he did the perfect thing. But I was really struggling to deal with all the emotions and all the helplessness of what was going on. I didn't know what I could do to help, to help the situation. But I knew that it had to change. The change had to happen. And so, whew, that breakdown really made it all real for me. That, I think that was the first moment when I realized, like, this is not only, not only did this happen, that this really actually, this crazy of a thing did take place, but that's not an isolated event. Things like that are happening all the time all over the world. Acts of systemic racism, whether it's injustices in employment or in jobs or like just in, in everyday life or even to the point of brutal murders like in the case of George Floyd. And so a lot of conversations with, with everybody close to me about uh, what could be done, about what personally I needed to change because I think one of the most important things that a lot of us can fail to realize when we're trying to deal with large-scale world problems, whether it's racism, whether it's any kind of anything, all hatred needs to be cured within ourselves first. If I'm to do anything out in the world and to try and uh, be anti-racist, or I like to say pro-love, then first of all, what needs to happen is in my own mind and in my own heart, I need to make sure that I analyze myself and make sure that I am not exhibiting any, any prejudices or any racist thoughts or beliefs in my very own self. Because I believe that the, the real reason why the problem is because each one of us has a little bit of prejudice, a little bit of a false narrative that's been placed in us by, uh, by the media or by society, but whatever, as we're growing up, that teaches us to think that people that are different than us are not as good as us. And so I was just working on that, just speaking with people close to me, with my family, having those kind of discussions. And quiet time alone having those discussions, going on walks with myself thinking about uh, what can I do, right? How is this problem, uh, how is this problem put in the perspective of my life to where I can do something about it? And my mom was like totally on board. She was feeling the same things. And um, so we look uh, online and we, hi mom, (laughs) she just joined, that's funny, speak of the devil. Uh, We looked online and we found a rally. We were all gung-ho. We wanted to do something. We wanted some action to go and be put forth to actually be a part of the solution. And we found a rally near us. We found an opportunity to protest in Idaho Falls. And so we all uh, spent a morning making signs, protest signs as a family. And we loaded up in the family minivan and we drove to Idaho Falls and joined that rally. And I still remember uh, it, was, it was crazy weather, like pouring rain. It got worse later on, but at first it was it was raining and it was windy. And I run out onto the bridge where the rally is taking place, and I'm holding my sign. And as soon as I get there and join the 
maybe a hundred protesters that are there on the bridge in Idaho Falls. All of a sudden, all of this emotion, all of this processing, all of this care that I had was finally channeled into something. Finally, I was doing something about it, and I just started bawling right there. I was standing with all these people, just holding up my sign to the cars that passed by and having people honk, having people, you know, raise the fists out the car window. And I just felt so overjoyed that I could finally do something about it. That finally the care that I had and the, the responsibility that I felt to be a part of the solution was finally put into action. And there with my whole family, it was really a fantastic experience. And uh, it, the weather kept getting worse. Wind was just like going really, really hard. Thankfully it was at our backs and it was raining, but it just like totally blew us and we couldn't hold our signs up. So soon enough, we just put the signs back in the van and we started doing, you know, little little heart signs with our hands and peace symbols for the cars that passed. And as, you know, a thousand, over a thousand cars passed probably in my estimation, people honking, kids just like smiling out the car window. Um, some people got emotional because they saw uh, the action, the human care that was taking place as we united on that bridge just to support our fellow human beings, especially those at this time who are still treated unjustly and we're not really equal and not really free in this country. And uh, we stayed there probably two hours to where the point where the rain had just like soaked through our back, through my jacket and into my shirt. I was wearing a pair of jeans and uh, I brought some shorts back in the car, thankfully. And I went and took off my jeans and put on shorts and the jeans on the back were like one color of denim and the jeans on the front were a different color of denim because they had just been soaked through on the back. Anyway, uh, my sister made a comment during during the rainstorm, at least it's not fire hoses. And I think that that's the perfect way to summarize it. We can't complain, for sure. And I think even maybe that opposition is a little bit of a testing, a testing to prove, like, are you really are you really committed to be out here? Are you, is it really worth it, even if it's going to be a little bit of opposition, a little bit of discomfort to come out here and to stand up for your fellow men? Anyway, after that experience, I, I came home and I kept on seeing what I could do. And I, I made a video about it where I, I was talking about what each one of us can do, taking personal responsibility. Again, analyzing your own heart and your own mind to try and cast out all hatred, all racism, all prejudice, prejudice that's in you and recognizing that. And in that video, I said, you know, I don't really think it's realistic here in, in small town Idaho for me to organize a rally or for be, to be a part of a rally. Maybe I could throw uh, a few people together, but I don't think that's the best um, the best use of my, my energy or my attention. But as I kept thinking about that, I kind of checked myself. And one of the things that I'm always trying to do is find the, find the lies or the excuses that I'm telling myself in my own life. Because I know to become ultimate version of myself, I can't have excuses. I need to choose one of those things, either ultimate version of myself or having excuses in my life. And as I thought about it, I, I sort of smelled that that was false, that that was an excuse. That I just really, what, what was true was I didn't want to put forth the energy to find out whether or not uh, I could really organize a rally here in my small hometown. Um, so from that idea was birthed the Unity Rally. And I just, I hopped right on it. I, I started texting out to my family, like asking for a name uh, uh, that I could call the event. And uh, 
one of suggestions that came back was Unity Rally. And as soon as I heard that one, I'm like, yes, yes, that is what it's about. And uh, I sort of just jumped on the idea. I wrote down this purpose statement. Here, I'll read you the purpose statement of the rally, the Unity Rally. An opportunity to stand with the community as we unite in the belief that all men are created equal, um, support the cause of equality and justice for all, and celebrate our diversity and humanity. So just a super simple, straightforward uh, purpose statement for this rally. And I just decided that I was gonna I was gonna see what I could make out of it. And the real reason behind that, the real un underlying dream I had for the for the rally in my mind, was to provide that same opportunity for people here in my hometown that I had in Idaho Falls, to where finally all the care, all of the sadness and the uh, the hopeless feeling that came from watching these things go on in the world could finally be channeled into some action, finally be channeled into hopefully some change. Because if you live in New York City or you live in Los Angeles, then you can just go right on on the street and there's a rally, like there's a there's protest right there and you have the opportunity to go and, and stand up for your brothers and sisters. But here in my hometown, there wasn't that opportunity. I mean, I had to drive to Idaho Falls to get that kind of opportunity. So I just decided I, I wanted to make that here. I wanted to make it possible. And whoever whoever cares, whoever wants to come, it's going to be here if you, if you want to if you want to do something, right? And so I wrote down the purpose statement, and then the meetings with the city started. I went. Uh, my parents helped me a whole bunch with the purpose statement, and they were just so supportive throughout the whole thing. And all of my family, so many people, really, really jumped in to make this possible. But uh, I started meeting with the city to try and reserve the pavilion that I wanted to use for the Unity Rally for the event. And so that took a couple of days just communicating back and forth until eventually I got a call um, from the mayor who was super supportive, super grateful for his support and for his kindness. And so he just uh, gave me permission to, excuse me, to utilize the pavilion that I had asked or requested to use and gave a lot of support for uh, the celebration and the event in its entirety. Um, I chose the day for the event to be June 19th uh, or Juneteenth, which is Freedom Day. I don't know if you know the history about that. I, I posted a few of the talks on my Instagram that were at the Unity Rally. Anyway, um, Juneteenth marks the day when slaves were officially free in the United States. The Emancipation Proclamation actually happened a year and a half, two years, I think. Anyway, it happened a long time prior to that. But the news of the Emancipation Proclamation and the actual enforcement of that new proclamation was only spread to the entirety of the country, was only brought down to Texas and enforced by a general there, like a year and a half later on June 19th. Uh, what, I, I don't know the year. But anyway, it's, it's a very significant holiday. And it's even there's a push right now for it to be made a national holiday, which let's do it. Let's do it. I signed a, I signed a petition for that yesterday. <laughs> but um, the news was finally brought to slaves in Texas that they were free. Actually, that they'd been free for quite some time. And finally, now they had the chance to, to break loose and to go and to live um, freely. And so I chose that. That was like, I chose on the 10th that it was going to be on the 19th. So it was go time. Like, whoo, I've only got nine days to organize this thing. And by the time that I got the confirmation from the city that the pavilion was reserved, that I could use that area, 
then it was go time. Then it was go time for letting everybody know about it. And so my mom helped me design this little poster, and I printed out a bunch of this, bunch of copies of this poster, and uh, and I went out to local businesses, and I asked to hang them up on their little clipboards or set them anywhere in their store where people could see it. It was just a really simple poster that said like Unity Rally at uh, a design of. I'm sure you've seen it. I posted it on Instagram too. I had a design of like different colored hands locking locking wrists, and it was just like a very symbolic picture of unity that inspired me, and I thought really summarized the purpose of the event. And I just it was go time. Every morning and every night when I when I wasn't working at Boys and Girls Club, I would just be driving around asking where I could hand that out. And uh, if you if you know me you know that I like tacos. And if, I don't think I've gone a Tuesday without tacos probably the whole summer. I like tacos. And there are a couple spots here where I live that are my favorite tacos. And I was driving by one of them, El Dorado, um, while I was out delivering these posters. And I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. I haven't printed any in Spanish. There's supposed to be a unity rally. There's supposed to be a celebration of diversity and humanity. I've got to let everybody know about it. So I like, I run home and I, I emailed my Spanish teacher. I'm like, hey, can you translate this into Spanish for me? And she, she didn't answer. It was her school email, and it's summertime, so I don't blame her. But I sent it to my brother. I, well, at first, I put it through Google Translate and got, like, a rough idea. And then I sent it to my brother and said, hey, is this, like, is this all right? Because I knew sometimes those translate, translations cannot be right on, and I didn't want to accidentally say something really offensive and then, you know, go throw that up everywhere. I'm not fluent in Spanish. I know just about enough to order tacos. But he didn't answer right away either. And I, I had a bunch of them printed for each, like, Mexican restaurant that I wanted to go to. And I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I just hope it says the right thing. And I go and I, like, deliver them all. And then after they're all delivered, I get a text from my brother. It's like, yeah, the very beginning is wrong. Uh, but the rest is good. So, anyway, it's fine. I messed up on those. I, I go out to all these different stores. It was between, like, 15 and 20 different locations that I went to to hand out these posters that they could hang up for me. And I was so overwhelmed by the support. Just so many people who I walk right in, I say, hey, it's a unity rally. And like, that was all they need to hear. They're like, yeah, I'm right behind that. Go ahead, hang it up right here. Um, I was super grateful for that. And I was just, I was going crazy. Just all the time going and handing them out. And I had buddies helping me. I had people who were willing to promote online, um, to share the event in their story or whatever. And I'm so, so grateful for that. Um, as I'm going out to put all these things out. But another thing that was surprising to me as I was working on promoting this event and trying to organize it, trying to let everybody know about it, uh, I sent out individual uh, direct messages or different text messages to people who I thought might be interested in the event. And I was also astonished by the opposition that hit me. I mean, I, I read you the, the, the purpose thing of the event. And on all my advertisements, everything I was putting out, it was just an opportunity for unity. I don't care what religion, what uh, political group, what any, I don't care, I don't care anything. If you're a human being, this is your cause, this is your battle, this is your fight to be a part of, come join with us. And there were people who responded to that invitation with such, I don't want to say hatred, but such disgust, such misunderstanding. It was just a, just an invitation to join as as a human race and forget about all the other things that divide us. And there were so many people 
not so many people, I, a surprising amount of people or responses that I got that were hateful towards that. Uh, and it really just comes down to misunderstanding. There were people who re responded with, um, with statements about how I should be supporting the police instead, which I went to two police stations that are close here in my, my hometown, and I personally invited them, gave a poster to the police station. Um, I went to the fire department. I, this, in my mind, was supposed to be an event for unity, um, but there was still some misunderstanding there. There were people who said that the, the event was too political. They couldn't, uh, couldn't have a part in, in uh, representing it or in uh, sending it out there and making it more known because it was too political. And that, that was super crazy to me because in everything that I had written, everything that I had said, uh, it was in the support of unity of humanity. Uh, since when has unity become political? Since when has humanity been humanity and all, all, all people matter, all men are created equal, which is a founding principle of our country? Since when has that become a political statement? Uh, well, I, le I learned through this just how dangerous division can be. Just how dangerous getting too caught up in our own ways of thinking, whether that be whatever our political party is, whatever our family beliefs are, whatever the way we've been raised, getting caught up in our own ways of thinking, how destructive that is to humanity and to the whole. And I realized that even within myself, not just with these hateful comments and remarks from other people, but within myself, there were certain things that I believed um, or close-minded close thoughts that I had or thought, things that I was prideful in that kept me from really recognizing the purpose of this event and uh, to a deeper point, the purpose I have in bringing humanity together. If there's any kind of belief that I have or that anybody has that's apart from just loving humanity, then that belief can be a distraction at some point. So I realized that for this to really be a success and for me to actually make a difference, I needed to refine my own beliefs and my own thoughts to really, really just be focused upon a love for humanity and upon uniting as a human race. Um, some other things that I did in prep preparation for the rally, I wanted to have some speakers. I wanted to have some participants to uh, sort of get the people riled up before we moved over to the bridge to protest, which was the main you know, the main meat of the event was to move over to the bridge and protesting and raise awareness. That was the, the main purpose. But I wanted to also sort of organize a forum for people to speak and to express and to exercise empathy and increase our understanding for one another. Because at the core, that is what is going to solve these problems is open conversation, open minds, and understanding between people. Um, so I asked uh, my history teacher, who I'm a big fan of, who I admire quite a bit, who's a good friend of mine. I called him, I sent him text and organized for him to speak. I contacted one of my favorite singers, Evan Lindemuth. From the first time I heard him sing, I was blown away. And I'm like, that, that is the guy. I gotta have him sing the national anthem. Um, so I, I set it up with him so that he would come and sing the national anthem for us. And he actually went the extra mile and offered to speak. He felt that after singing the national anthem, especially at this time in our country, it would be uh, hypocrisy if he didn't explain a little bit more of the meaning behind that. I posted his full talk 
on my Instagram, and I really encourage you you watch it. It's really eye-opening and uh, really helps me to understand the true purpose and the true American dream, which can never really fully be realized, but we got to keep striving. This, this idea that America is settled, that like we have freedom, we have equality, is such a close-minded idea. And even though it might be that way for me and for you, that's not the way that it is for everybody in the world. As long as there's poverty, as long as uh, racism is still plaguing us, we need to keep on working for that American dream. We can't be set back and lazy. We need to actually uh, get on it. Um, I had somebody else reach out, Julian Vega, who is a super, super guy. He just He's an activist. He's super passionate about it. He reached out to me and asked if he was if he would be able to speak at the event, and I'm like, yeah, sure, man, like all, by all means. And so we actually organized a fantastic lineup of speakers right before the event, well, as part of the event, right before the protest. And I, I was kind of going crazy at this point. I was stressed out, like pulling my hair out of my head because every waking moment I was like focused on the rally. It was the thing I was looking forward to so much, and there was so much to get ready, so much that I forgot to set up and that I would do different next time. But, you know, my first time organizing a rally, um, there's even, I was contacting news, different news reporters, different news stations to try and get coverage of the event to really raise awareness because I, uh, in my heart of hearts, I kind of knew that there would not be a crazy uh, attendance at the event. But if I shared it on social media and if I was able to share it on other media platforms, it could still raise awareness. It could still be something that did good for the community. And so I was in communication, uh, phone calls with, with different media. And one day I'm at work at the Boys and Girls Club and I'm swinging kids on the swing and I get a phone call. And I had to answer my phone, like, because there were so many people that I was supposed to get a call from or supposed to call back. So I answered my phone and I'm swinging a kid with one hand and I'm on the phone with the other hand. I'm like, hello, sir. <laughs> I'm all out of breath. Anyway, it was a great time. Um, I called like eight or 10 churches in the area, which most of them were closed down because of COVID. But if they were, I just left like a message on the messaging machine. Like, hey, there's this rally going on. If you want to let your congregation know about it, if there's anything that you can do to participate. Anyway, after, after all this work and organizing the rally and after all this stress and all this help from so many people, so much support coming from so many ends, uh, the, the day came, right? And I, I had to go straight from work to uh, the park where the rally was taking place. And I pull in there, and my dad comes, and we go out there, and there's somebody sitting in our pavilion, our reserve pavilion. And it's, it's like half an hour before the event. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. Um, and he was a rabbi. He was a rabbi, and he was recording, like I'm right now, with, like a, with an iPad or a laptop. Um, his sermon or his, his preaching, I don't know. And he was just sitting there in the, in the pavilion recording that. And as my dad and I set out these flags that we had brought for the event, there's flags from the pavilion clear to the bridge where we held the protest, just like a corridor of American flags there. Really cool. I'm glad I had the opportunity to do that. Uh, anyway, we got talking to this guy's wife, and after the rabbi was done recording the sermon, we spoke a little bit with him. And turns out he was traveling from across the country. He was in an RV staying right there at the park that night. And he had just been recording his sermon for, uh, for his congregation right there. And we invited him to come to the rally. He was like, he was there already. And he was super gung-ho about it, super supportive. He's like, 
I'm for humanity. I, I like hum humans. Like, I love humanity. Here I am. This is the right place for me. And that was super cool that we were able to get, get that to happen. And then as we're setting up the sound system, as I hurry, run, and change my clothes in the van, and as, as people start showing up, sort of a, a slow trickle of people in, mostly my family members and uh, those participating in the event, Evan and Julian show up. Uh, there's also in this pavilion, less than 20 feet away from us, corner to corner, uh, uh, a big group of people. They're having a barbecue. They got food out, and there's a bunch of people right over there. And they, they were having a, a gathering, and they sort of come over to us, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? And we got in communication with them. Anyway, it was this addiction recovery group right there. Uh, you know, God's plan taking place right there. And there was a minister who was leading the group who gave like a little devotional right at the beginning and then they ate and they do this like monthly on, on a Friday. And it was just crazy that they were right there. And their event started at six. Mine was set to start at six. And we sort of got in communication with them. Not very many people were there yet, but I had messages from several people saying that they would be late. And so we just figured it out. We'll just hold off for a little bit so you guys can do your little thing right over here. They invited us to eat, actually. They were so kind. Um, we'll, we'll just hold off our event a little bit so you can do yours. Um, and then you're all welcome to come over to the interview rally if you want to come. And I actually asked um, the minister who was over there if he would offer the prayer to start off the event. I thought it was super cool that he could do that. And he mentioned... He mentioned uh, how great of a story it's going to be to tell that he had, that, that I had a, a minister and a rabbi at my unity rally, both at the same event, and they, they got along. Sounds like a joke, right? A minister and a rabbi walking to a bar or whatever. But I really, I really, what, what greater sign from God could there be than to have a rabbi delivered into my lap, sitting right in the pavilion, and have a minister right there? And so... As we got the event started off, I was still a little bit frazzled, you know. Um, didn't have, feel like I had everything under control, but it went it went really well. It went so smoothly. Minister Robert went ahead and said the prayer and shared a few words at the beginning. And then Evan uh, offered a beautiful rendition of the national anthem and a little bit of an explanation for us. Julian spoke. Mr. DePue spoke. I shared a few words, and we were off over to the bridge with our sign. I made extra signs for people if they didn't if they didn't have time to bring some, uh, which I'm grateful for because some of the people from the for the addiction recovery just came right over and joined. I was so impressed by that, just by their willingness. Here's an opportunity to serve humanity. I'm gonna go for it, you know. And so we move over to the bridge, and it was kind of hard to sort of herd all the people over there to sort of direct them to try and get over there. And I was like fired up at this point. I'm like, yeah, okay, we gotta go. And so I have my sign and I'm running over to the, there to the bridge and my buddy who's there supporting me he's like hey I want to do it with you I want to go with you and he's walking with me at first um, but then like I was just too excited I started running and I'm the first one to come out onto this bridge with with a bunch of traffic coming both ways and I run out there with my sign and I'm alone I'm the only one out there like I'm sure I the other people are they're coming they're, they're a little bit behind I look silly. I'm alone out here on the bridge. And I had the thought at that moment, if nobody came, if you didn't have so many great family and friends, wonderful people, community to support you, if there was actually absolutely nobody there, even though it was a small attendance, there were some people there. If there was nobody there, if you were alone, 
standing on your own, would you still be willing to stand up for humanity? Would you still be willing to do your part? And have people look at you there alone. As, as cars zoomed by me on, on that road, I had that thought and that really profound moving moment in my heart where I realized there, there are going to be times to, to stand for equality, to stand for justice, to stand for humanity. You're going to have to stand alone. But I was so blessed to have so many people reach out and support and to unite with me and to just love humanity and be a part of this event and to, to wave their banners and hold up their signs, supporting equality, supporting justice and freedom and, and uh, real hope for humanity and for those of us who are still oppressed in whatever way, whether it be, uh, well, anything that divides us, but especially at this time, racism, because it's still such a big issue. And in our community, one of the things that sort of might have made people hesitant to the organization of this event is we don't have a lot of black people, but we have like hardly any black people in my community. But we have Hispanics, though. They're Mexicans. And you can be, I mean, that's where most of the racism I, I've observed takes place is between, you know, the Mexicans. And that's wrong too. That's just as wrong. <laughs> so the Unity Rally was just an opportunity to come together as humanity, to trek everything that divides us out the window and to, to love each other, which is something that we can't focus on near enough. I'm super grateful. Lots of Lots of prayers were offered that it would go well, that people would show up, that we would be safe uh, at the Unity Rally. I lots of praying for me, my family, other people telling me that they they were going to pray for me, and I'm so thankful for that support. And it turned out great. It turned out as a great event. And I believe that I realized that the, the dream I had for the event was realized uh, as an opportunity for people to come and take their emotion. And, and if you care about humanity, you know, come out here and do something about it. Come come put it into action a little bit. And that brings so much peace, you wouldn't believe it. Even though, you know, even though there not, might not have been a lot of actual change from our protesting there that day, even though no laws were changed, even though we didn't necessarily save somebody's life, finally, we were starting to spread awareness a little bit. Finally, we were starting to do something, put in a little bit of action to stand up, even if you stand alone, but luckily enough, we could stand united together with supporters. We could stand and say humanity matters, you know. Black lives matter. People matter. We got we to gotta recognize that together. Um, but now the rally's over. Uh, Blackout Tuesday is over. A lot of the popularity and the virality of, of Black Lives Matter and of the issues still going on in in our country and in the world and in our own minds, it's a lot slowed down to where we're starting to focus on other things now. We're starting to maybe get complacent or get lazy at this time because because it's not right on our front doorstep, because it's not right in our face. And maybe for some of us, we can't even see it. It's not even like maybe, maybe just because it's not affecting you, it's hard to recognize that there's still inequality. There's still a need for that uh, support and that fighting for humanity going on. And it needs to be a commitment to keep on going in the future. So as I'm thinking about different things that I can do to try and try and educate, try and just spread understanding, hear different people's opinions, keep on learning more 
about the issues and about what I can do to better myself as a human being and as a supporter of the human race, um, I'm going to keep on trying to do that with my content, with my own study and my own learning, taking control of my own my own thoughts and uh, trying to build myself into the best human being that I can become. One of the things that I plan uh, that I'm super excited, I hope it, it's going to work out, is there is a, an ex-cop or a retired police officer uh, who was a police officer in Las Vegas, with a lot of action there, um, is going to come on the podcast. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he's going to come on the podcast and share some of his perspective with this whole issue. I know uh, a lot of problems have arisen from this, a lot of things that are dividing humanity. There's a lot of hatred uh, towards police officers or towards, towards white people. There's a lot of violence going on, a lot of riots, a lot of things that are not really driving towards the main goal of growing as a human race. And that's the main goal. Everything that doesn't unite in that main goal is needs to be taken care of because those things are distractions. And uh, through conversations, just learning about different perspectives on this and different acts of violence that have taken place towards police officers in light of recent events, it, that saddens me just as much. And that's a world that I don't understand. That's something that I haven't even broken into, but I'm excited to open my mind up to that and to find ways that I can be supportive of humanity. I believe that support of our our peace officers and our you know our, our public service is going to be another key to bringing this unity as a human race about. So I'm super excited for that interview. Stay tuned. Uh, coming soon. Um, I, I need to write down my my questions for that. There are certain things that are he's not allowed to share because of just the confidentiality, um, but I'm excited for his viewpoints, for how he can enlighten me and educate me on what I can do to be in support of, of law enforcement and of police officers and to be in support of communities working together with the police to really, really create unity as a human race. Um, yeah, I'd just like to open up the conversation. If there's anything that I spoke about here that you have a perspective on, that you have some experience with, maybe go ahead. I, I would love if you if you comment somewhere, if you could contact me, and we can have a conversation. Just continue opening up um, that understanding, that empathy for one human being to another, uh, and opening up our hearts and ourselves to make the only condition of our love humanity. If you're a human being, I love you. That's, that's who I want to become, is a human being who loves human beings. I don't want to love just Democrats. I don't want to love just Republicans. I don't want to love just white people. I don't want to love just anything. I want to love humanity. Because that is what is going to save our world. That is what is going to create unity as a human race. And that is what is going to create peace in our nation and in the world. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Or if you're watching it live on Instagram, thank you for opening up your mind a little bit to these new perspectives. And I encourage you and I applaud you for whatever action you're taking, whatever you're doing in your life to try and be a part of the solution, whether it's just changing your own mind and heart, whether it's spreading awareness through activism, whether it's protesting, whether it's posting on social media, whether it's reading or listening to or gaining new information or empathy about humanity, I applaud you. I, I'm there with you. I'm supporting you. And I love you.
you're a human being listening to this, I love you. Thanks so much.